Hello, listeners. You're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week, we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We're your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho. And today's episode, we'll be discussing a play by Carla Ching called The Two Kids That Blow Shit Up. Great title. <laughs> um, so here's what the play's about, which you can read on New Play Exchange. Um, so the play's... As kids, Max and Diana meet on their parents' date, then are kicked out of the house so their parents can get it on. They're forced (laughs) to play together, even though they aren't really that fond of each other. Through over two decades of their parents' tumultuous relationship of getting together, breaking up, getting married, and then divorced, Max and Diana are perpetually forced together and become the most unlikely of friends. They see each other through their own marriages and divorces, rehabs and spin-outs, career rejiggerings, and epic life fails. But when they actually fall into each other, will they lose the only family they've ever known? It's a play about falling in and out of love with your best friend. Aww. Aww. Um, yeah, so this play, I noticed my feelings. I was like feeling like constantly thinking about my mortality. Mm. <laughs> it made me really yeah. think about because of the way the play was moving back and forth between time and really digging deep into this friendship between the two of them, um, poor step siblings. Yeah. And, and I just kept like, oh, I just kept thinking about our moments in life and just these like markers in your life where you're like, yeah, I was only at that years old. And so my knowledge of the world was this way or, um, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like, cause they, cause she puts moments from like 20 years apart right next to each other. And so you can just see in the blink of an eye, these characters, um, jump forward in time and then jump back in time. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to say a little bit about um, why you picked this play to talk about? Yeah, um, I picked this play because uh, Carla Ching, I just feel like I've seen her name around. Um, I think she was one of the Kilroys. Uh, and so mm. I just like and I also remember seeing her play Nomad Motel at the O'Neill when I was visiting as like a playwright observer. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, I was like, I don't know any of other plays. And I was so curious about her writing and her other stuff. And luckily we found this play on New Play Exchange. Um, so I was really excited to dig in. And it's also, I've also kept wanting, I'm kind of low on the lookout for some two-person plays. Yeah. Uh, and so this was a two-person play that I was like, well, so. It's really it the way it was written is really interesting with the time just jumps that we'll get into. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's interesting cuz it's a two-person play about a relationship, but it's also bigger than the romantic relationship, which is kind yeah. of unusual. Um like I can think of other two-person plays that are about a couple getting together and breaking up, but then that's kind of the the extent of the story, but this mm-hmm. play extends beyond that relationship. Well, yeah. at least that, that I guess the relationship is bigger than the romance mm. is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And very, very complex. Because yeah. Because the, their, the relationship starts because both their parents start dating and then, and they're really young. I think 
we started the age what like nine, nine? I think yeah. yeah um and and then from then on the information that you're learning about the two of them outside is that the parents marriages kind of like failing and like getting back mm-hmm. together or divorce and um and through their relationship how it evolves is like they're friends and then they become step siblings and they kind of like become love interests it's like this back and forth depending on where maybe like where the parents relationships are at or um but even that is like it's so complex because they have this uh this shared experience together that they're experiencing probably that no other people are experiencing because of who their parents are yeah, that's so true. And it, and I feel like in each scene, we just see this deep understanding that they each have of each other. Mm. Um, you can tell that nobody knows these characters as well as they know each other. Yeah. Um, and so there's this intimacy there. Even when they're talking about um, their other romantic partners – there's still such an intimacy and a closeness and an understanding between the two of them. Um, Mm, Yeah. Definitely. So um, what are some of the things that stood out to you? Well, for one, for sure, is the time jumps. Um, Mm. Are definitely the time jumps. Uh, And I never got a sense of like, oh, this is the beginning of a certain moment. It's like we're going right into the middle of a, a moment. Yeah. And so as the scene progresses, you're like getting a sense of like, oh, so this is where they are in their life. Um, this is where their their parents are in the relationship. And it, you kind of start piecing that information as it's given to you. Yeah. Um, so that was I thought that was really interesting the way that was done. Um, and also, I think um, as the relationship evolved, like they, it's like their understanding of each other starts changing or they kind of mm-hmm. start having this friendship. They start building this own language with each other. Like they just know each other so well in a way that they kind of anticipate what the other person's going to do or think or say or know how to push their buttons, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really liked how there were a lot of scenes where you're just, as you said, you're just thrown into a new moment and um, the play kind of trusts us to get up to speed and listen Mm -hmm. closely and be able to figure out what the circumstances are. Like I'm thinking about um, when Max comes to Diane's house with a box of broken items um and we find out over, and i think they're 15 and we find out over the course of this scene that their parents have broken up and max's mom has sent all these like <laughs> like diane's dad's clothes but yeah. she like cut holes out of them first and broke the hockey stick and um but it's so it feels so organic and natural mm-hmm. the way that information comes out of the through the dialogue rather than us getting it right at the beginning of the scene. Mm. And I think that would be so much fun for actors. 
to play with. Yeah. Um, another thing that popped for me is like <laughs> the two step siblings kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's a thing that I was like, oh, I want it to happen. But then also, like, recognizing myself, like, is it wrong that I want it to happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yes, they're not blood related. Uh, but they're, by marriage, they were siblings. And they, because they know each other for so long. Um, there was this, like, sense of this, like, like it's definitely a taboo. Naughty. Yeah. I was like, oh naughty. Do you I mean, are we led to believe? Do you think that anything more than that one kiss ever happened? That's what I I was kind of yeah. wondering. And I wasn't sure yeah. um whether they actually like did more than that. Mm. Well, I kind of wondered and you know, I would have to read this again just to revisit all the timelines, but I kind of wonder if that kiss, if it was kind of set something up with Max where then he, you know, not his life was kind of on a weird downfall, mm, you know. Right, he, right, right. He, well, he, I feel like he loved her yeah. more than she loved him or at least was able to express it more mm. where she was not. I mean, she might have really been in love with him at a point in the play, but didn't show it yeah. as much as he did. Yeah. And- that that that's where I feel like I'm thinking about mortality or something because like <laughs> of just you know people not being on the same. There's like something tragic about people not you know being on the same wavelength. You know, like falling mm-hmm. in love. Like mm-hmm. there's there's something about tragic about like one person loving them more than the other, and then like in this waves of their emotional relationship, their the ride of the relationship is just they're not ever on the same really wavelength but then when they're together it's like pretty electric of like just their personality and the the emotion behind yeah everything yeah so did you wish they were together at the end of the play like they got together in the end um or do you feel too conflicted about that because they're I, yeah i mean they're i mean by the end the, the father died spoiler alert um, the father dies and then the mother, you know, they're, obviously they're divorced. The parents are divorced. So, I mean, I feel like it's okay. But I I think where the play ended was pretty satisfying of just kind of mm. returning, the friendship returning um, yeah. and like forgiving each other and coming to, a, you know, a healthy place for them because it sounds like by the end they didn't speak to each other for a really long time. Yeah. So – yeah, I don't know if they want them together, but I, I want them to be friends again. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Right. Me too. But, but I mean, I do wonder, like, I don't know. I feel like at each point in the play where one of them was, you know, had a person and was in love with somebody else, like, yeah. that was hard on their friendship also. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I don't know. Like, I want them to have their friendship, yeah. but I also wonder – I don't know, like if that, if they could be in a, like a long-term healthy relationship where the spouses or partners don't feel threatened by the, mm-hmm. the like intimacy of their friendship. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Ooh. Let me think about this. Because then it's... This might happen again. This kind of breaking, like, you know, Mm. they're... They obviously deeply care about each other. Yeah. Know that. And then having some sort of a mutual understanding whoever their partners are or something like of their intimate relationship as right. yeah. friends and, and siblings as siblings both um yeah they're they're also kind of codependent very codependent yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah but it also sounds like the last marriage of diana's in or currently in i don't know if she and that young yeah that's right she's with the guy that max calls the 12 year old yeah that's right i wasn't sure if they were by the end they were still together she's still in that marriage i wasn't sure either but but maybe they are yeah oh my god that there's a moment when in that scene where she's getting ready to marry this guy that's this 12 year old guy that max keeps referring to who's not actually 12 not, he's not actually 12 right <laughs> obviously just a very young guy and she's like pulling her her white hair like where's the white oh, hair yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and he's like mm-hmm. don't pull it out like you know and i was just like oh this is so like for like real like i'm like every time i see white hair on my head mm. i'm like i just want to pull it out and like because I like see it now. I just have it. too many of them that like if I were to pull them out. No, now I have too many of, of them. Hair. I swear to God, this pandemic, <laughs> like the level of anxiety and stress it gave me, is just like my head was just now just like full of white hair. Yeah, I know. Ugh, more than Same. ever. No matter what vitamins I'm taking or omega threes or biotin I'm taking, nothing works. Yeah, some people are like dyeing their hair silver though, so. Which is really trendy. Oh, um, there's a yeah. What the women women on Instagram call them something? Oh, they do. There's like a whole term for it. I'm trying to remember for dyeing your hair silver. No, not dyeing your hair silver, but like letting it gray and white. Oh, I wish I knew what it was. Okay, if it comes to me, I'll say it. Um, so another thing that I've noticed about the play is the race, like the characters' Mm. race. Because in the character's description, you don't um, – they don't mention of the race. It's just kind of like characters, Diana, 9 to 38, Max, 9 to 38, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like thinking, oh, so maybe they could cast any race, right? But then in the lines, you learn Diana is Chinese. Mm-hmm. And Max, later on, you learn he's Korean. Um, and I was like – and this whole time I was like, I knew Diane. I was like, okay, maybe she's Asian because I kind of get a sense she's Asian. But mm. Max is um, <clears throat> white. <laughs> like literally like two-thirds of the play, I'm like, he's white. I just assumed he was white. I don't know why. What was the part where you realized he was Korean? I, I remember they, they were talking about going to Chinese school. Yeah. Um, yes. It's then that moment where okay, okay, he's like okay, learning yeah. Korean and like – um, maybe your dad wants you to go one place where we feel like we belong, and then mm. she was like, "Well, then you should go to be at you should be at a Korean school because mm. why were you at Korean school once a week?" And um, yeah. So I, I was like, "Oh wait!" <laughs> so that was yeah, that was literally like maybe more than half. Did it change the, the way you experienced the play? Thinking he was white and then having that realization. Um, good question. I 
Not really, but it was an information that maybe just kind of added the color of the play. You know, kind of just kind of added. Yeah. I was like, oh, now I'm like, in terms of casting, it's kind of like twi- switch for me, but mm-hmm. not significantly where I was like, now I'm going to read them. It's like, there's a Korean lens. You know, I'm not like right, that. Right, right. It was just, yeah. it just, I was like, oh, oh, but it kind of added more information. I was like, oh, so Diana Chinese, Max is Korean. So the parents are like, you know, Korean, Chinese married, you know, like that kind of just my mind just kind of adding that information for myself, but mm-hmm. it did not change the relationship between like what I thought about them together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah, kind yeah. of added information. Um, but it, it's so funny how quickly it changed. It just I'm that trying to remember line. if it was in the same – right, right, right. And then was it in the same scene where they were talking about how like – being raised by Asian parents is good training for an actor. Because that was another Yeah, another – yeah. But I don't yeah. remember if that was in the same – I think that was in the same scene. Because it would have been when they were young. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. liked how the opening scene repeated late in the mm-hmm. play. And when I got to it, I kind of like – Um. I don't know. I like. I it was like I had deja vu because I read the first scene of the play, and then like a couple hours later, I finished the play, and because I just had a very <laughs> busy day, mm-hmm. and so I had this mm-hmm. moment where I got to the scene where I was like, I had forgotten that that had been the first scene, and then it was coming back to me, mm-hmm. and I was remembering that I had already read this scene mm-hmm. at the beginning of this play, and um. I now knew so much more about these characters and it was so yeah. delicious to like see them in this moment with everything that had come before to get yeah. to experience the moment again with all this new information um, of who they are, of who they are and what they had yeah. been through and what yeah. they meant to each other. Oof. I yeah. really, really liked that. Yeah. By the end, when they're meeting, not where, as we learned that, it's been a while since they've talked. Yeah. Like it added so much like this gravitas of like, Oh, their relationship, like how much it meant for them to meet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also what I liked about that repetition of the opening scene and back in the end and how we're able to quickly connect was the specificity, like Mm -hmm. check off Ibsen, like those kind of like the really specific details that you're like able to quickly connect. Like, um, that's just something I noticed. I was like, notice how well I was able to jump right into this moment because yeah. I recognized that. Um, yeah. It it yeah, it is a good way of making sure we realize we're mm-hmm. watching the same thing again. Because it mm-hmm. is so specific. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice so another thing I wanted to point out was that I feel like the characters, it tells us their age at the beginning of every scene, mm-hmm. but I feel like they speak the same way, no matter mm-hmm. how old they are. And like when they're children, when they're nine and when they're 15, they still sound like adults. Yeah. Did you feel that way? I did. I kind of did. Um, the only, I think the only thing I felt made a distinction was the level of cursing that Diana did. Like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. as, she cursed way more. And then as she got older, it was like, she still cursed, but it was like not as frequent. Um, 
because that's the only thing I kind of made a distinction of. Like she just learned all these words, cursing, and she's just cursing her. Yeah, mouth off. Um, that's so true. But yeah, in term Max, um, like when he was young, he seemed a little more shy. I don't know. Like he felt mm. a little more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? But just a little more withdrawn, I guess. Kind of and like not really wanting to connect with Diana but then his level of his like trust in Diana get you could see how that evolved and the way he's more open to openly speaking to her um but yeah that's yeah, yeah she's that's pretty funny. bossy too <laughs> she's bossy I like him that way bossy <laughs> yeah um yeah, I don't so know. I just thought it was an interesting choice not to like um play them. I mean, it would be interesting, of course, to see how the actors would do this, but not to make a big deal in the language of them being nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very true to life to have them speak in such a matter of fact way. And yeah. Um, um. But when they're kids, the thing I was like, it made them feel like kids was just sort of um, (laughs) like the way Diana kind of like the way she's just treating Max, like, you know, kind of, yeah, where you said it was bossy. Right, right, right. And just kind of like trying to up him. And like, it's very like immature. Like, there's a level of immaturity that I was like, it felt like younger kids. Um, uh, Whereas, and, as you get older, kind of the emotional it gets a little more complex. There's a, you're kind of getting in more in depth of how they feel about each other, really. But without saying it, um, mm-hmm. and this like, uh, and their love, their own love interests, you know, outside mm-hmm. of their relationship, and how that affects them. Like it, these were just kind of like more complex, like adult feelings that I was like the younger, you know person probably won't like which is so funny because when he's nine he's i mean he sounds very precocious yeah and he he yeah he um introduces her to this game ask and answer and he says it leads to stimulating conversation which i'm just like what (laughs) nine-year-old says that um (laughs) but yeah but i love that um kind of incongruity between mm-hmm. like he doesn't know what sex is but he uses all these big words and is, like trying yeah. to impress her with stimulating conversation um slightly off topic but this is making me think of uh, the sitcom girls five eva on peacock <laughs> and there's a song in there called new york lonely boy <laughs> which is basically a song about i guess like New York couples who kind of have their kid later in life, you know, mm. and so they're like older parents, and so they're, Aww. and then they're, and it's usually for some reason the son, um, and they're like, there's a lyric in the song was like, my friend in the morning is, uh, 
the New York Times Daily podcast, you know, my brother, oh. like, like listening to that and like going to the coffee shop and like kind of like they call it New York. And he's always like kind of alone. Like the parents are like, oh, you stay there and you do, do your thing while I do this, you know? So it's like calling New York lonely boy. But I, it just made me think of like when you said precocious, like, mm, he's like, yeah, that if he's raised by a single parent, right, like, and he's an only child, and child, yeah, there's probably like this little more, um, I don't know treating him a little more like a mature adult for some reason yeah I I really feel like that is a thing that like like single moms with only sons Mm. where it's just a boy yeah um I feel like they always end up like super precocious (laughs) I'm like very sensitive to other people's feelings I'm just making huge generalization right now people which is true It's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, yeah, New York Lonely Boy. You should listen to that song. It's really funny. Um, Before we go to Glistens, or our little other questions that we have, but I'm just wondering about the title. Ooh, yeah. What do you make of the title? The Two Kids That Blow Shit Up. Because there's really, nothing really blew up. Well, right. except Max does light things on fire. Like, he explodes things. Like, he yeah. blew up the snowman. Right, right, right. That's true. I guess it's, um, like, taking that and then, like, how does that translate into their adulthood? Like, Yeah. Because they are um, – there's a lot of, like, self-sabotaging a lot that happens in their 20s. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of it except that. <laughs> it's a great title. Yeah, it is. Um, two kids that blow shit up. Yeah, nice, and I think you're statement. right. I think they really do like just make a mess of their lives mm-hmm. a bunch of times. And and their parents – well, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't say they make a mess of their parents' lives. I think that yeah. their parents make a mess of their own lives. Yeah. Um, and then there's them kind of trying to fix it yeah um, there's a scene where they're trying to parent trap them it's like yeah. we'll like like get them to subconsciously think about them we'll start lying the you know reheat the meal frozen meal that your mom made or like leaving his tie or like a scent <laughs> around you know like stuff like yeah. that um, and then but it seems like with the relationship with both of them, there's just is this like emotional roller coaster of you know coming together and like being mad at each other, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, well, any last questions or curiosities about the play? Yeah, Sarah, how does this place smell? Ah, um. Good question. I thought the play smell like <laughs> okay. When you're like, and, and this is not in a bad way, okay. But for some reason, I just like I was just thinking of like a manhole. <laughs> you're like step on you in like New a York sewer. Y- yeah. Wow. But like when you're like walking down the street, and you're like, or specifically New York. Like New York City, and you're like walking down the street, and you're like you step up over a manhole, and you're like, and when they're like steaming at the wrong time, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have stepped over that. Um, 
Like, ew. It took me to that. And I don't know why, but maybe because of, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, like, you're not, you, you don't want to, but you accidentally do. You step over that manhole mm. and like the sewage and like, and sometimes you get that smell and you're like, I regret doing that. Like making a mistake. Like, why did I step that when I knew I saw so it smells thing. like mistakes and regrets. Regret, yes. Wow. There you go. And that's what that's this great. I thought this play was about. Um, what about you? I um, I guess I my two thoughts are um, like meatloaf because when you were talking about the frozen meal to be reheated in the microwave for some reason, what came to mind was like a smell of like meatloaf or something. Um, and then. Mm. That kind of sulfur smell that you get after an explosive. Um, mm. Since Max likes to blow things up. Yeah. Yeah. Sulfur. Yeah. That's kind of similar to the manhole smell. <laughs> like kind of farty. <laughs> I, yeah. I think, you know what? I think what it, why I'm thinking of that as a smell because. Like I said, it did, this play made me think of like my mortality. Like it pushed me to think and feel those feelings that kind of you just repress because mm. you don't want to think about that. It's like that's what theater kind of is for, place. Sarah. Oh, gosh, why? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, one last thing before we move on to glistens. Okay, <laughs> I know this was such a good note to end on, but I was like, I just had to remember my question. Um, but okay, so the scenes are constantly changing, and so I yeah. kind of wonder like how the sets would change, or like the costumes yeah. change. Like, how do you know what timeline you're in, you know, or where you're at? And I kind of have this like idea, like if the stage, depending on how big the stage was, but like that rotating stage, you know, like the set is rotating, Ooh, like it's really yeah. slow though, really slow. But like the characters are having their scene because they're each scene is about what. 10 pages i think like mm-hmm. maybe even less some are really short oh so, so you want it rotating constantly like rotating constantly and then maybe <gasps> the people on the back are like changing and then like when they move to the next maybe they'll just like put on a hat or like you know a really quick like accessory chain to really show cool. or like in between the scenes but that's that's how i thought in terms of moving because the way the the play constantly moves forward and back and stuff mm-hmm. um maybe so that's something I was thinking about. Yeah, I um, don't know how I would do it. Because then there are scenes with, like, a big pile of boxes or, like, in right. a bar. Um, yeah. So right. I might have – I really love that idea of just a constantly rotating stage. If I didn't do that, I might just have different areas of the stage. Mm. Since it's only two people, Yeah. you know, with lighting, I think you could – carve out different areas of the stage that become different places um oh, interesting but yeah this would be fun for a director yeah Alrighty, righty you go uh, first i'll go first so my face um <laughs> i visited michigan which was awesome i love michigan in the summer uh, this summer, I got to meet Nick's extended family, which was really fun and lovely Aww. to finally meet them um, on his mom's side. 
I've been doing this like Zoom calls, family Zoom calls with them every Sunday. So since the pandemic started. Every Sunday you call the It was every family. Sunday. And then it was like wow. every. So we got, to, we always did this group. Um, Nick is such a good son. He really is. Um, and so I got to meet uh, his mom's side, like that family in person, which was so nice. Cool. And also like, you know, I was like, I thought they would, I like, you, when you, Zoom is different, right? Like you're thinking there's certain way, like maybe the mm. height, their look, mm-hmm. or something. And you meet mm-hmm. them in person, I'm like that. And this is not how I expected. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, so like their family members who I thought were short that were really tall, I thought they were really <laughs> tall that was kind of shorter than I thought, you know. And so it was like, well, and you thought you were gonna be six feet tall? <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So I know there's nice. so much about like zoom you forget that when you're zooming with people there's so much you miss out on in terms yeah. of body language and yeah. just I don't know just like the sense of a person. Yeah. yeah. And I got yes, and then like I got to give them a hug and mm. it was just really nice. Um and it felt like because of we had Zoom calls like you know, it felt like I kind of knew them well enough, but it was still a different experience when you're like in person. It's like we're really meeting for the first time. Yeah. You know, um, so did that. And uh, the thing about visiting Michigan the summer is I get the worst mosquito bites yeah. all over my face. I, I have, I still have bites all over my face. I'm still coming down from a week ago. Uh, I just, I, I, I do my research before I go to Michigan, like to prevent. You know, I'm like, mm. t- you know, take vitamin B or like oh, none of that stuff works. None of that works. They they but are put, obsessed um, with me. Do you have calamine lotion? You can put that on the um, bites to help with the itching. Oh, okay. I mean, I just use that cortisone. Oh yeah, that works. That, that too. Is, I think but the active ingredient. Yeah, but it's the same. Just, but I'm sweating. It's hot. So I itch again. <laughs> I mean, it's never ending. What's yours? What's so your that was thing? quite a glisten, Sarah. <laughs> um, mine is I saw the streaming version of Walden by our former guest, Amy Berryman, who I think was on maybe season one or season yeah, two. Yeah, season one. Mm-hmm. Season one, so, way yeah. back. Um, so her play, Walden, which is one of my favorite plays ever, is streaming right now. Um Although by the time this episode goes up, it will have been over, actually. But um, from TheaterWorks Hartford, and it's an outdoor production, so people can also go see it live in person. Mm -hmm. And it is just gorgeous, and I really, really liked it. Um, And I really hope one day to see an in-person production of that play. Yeah. Um, awesome. Is it – and it's a, a play about climate change? Yeah, it's what about kind of- um, a future in which people are really getting real about establishing um, a colony or a settlement mm. um, in somewhere else in space. I don't know how much to give away, but um, – oh, okay. Yeah, basically a future in which life on Earth is rapidly becoming unlivable, and 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 one of the major points in the play is is when the you know one of the characters says, "Well, actually, we should be focusing on 
making sure making it easier to survive on earth rather than building a settlement in space yep and then another character says yeah well it's too late for that now like maybe 50 years ago we could have done that but now it's too late and every time i come across that line i'm like oh shit like are we is that us right now like we're the 50 years ago yeah you know what i mean as you're as you're like sharing what the story is about, the play is about. I'm like thinking of like Jeff Bezos, Elon oh Musk, with their space dicks just going up there. Did you know they're gonna put ads in space? They're gonna put billboards. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. I mean, I cannot believe that is going to be a thing. I just am in complete shock that that is going to be a thing. It's. What's the opposite of a glisten? Because that's the opposite of a glisten for me is billboards. And yeah, what is, what's the opposite of glisten? It's like mud. Or <laughs> <laughs> That's my mud for the week. Mud no, but even week. mud is like, I don't know, part of the ecosystem. Okay. <laughs> it's like valuable. Um, that's the manhole cover, manhole cover. <laughs> for me. That's okay. the sewer. God. Oh, God. I just think about, okay. Now we're kind of going off tangent, but okay. So think about this, right? We're like the first moonwalk, right? The, the first mm. space exploration was like this. It was this idea of uh, like unifying the country, right? Mm. Like we're like you know to build morale and like here there's something we're doing and, and to like, beat the Russians, and to beat the Russians, and like <laughs> beat the Russians, but like this like sense of like national thing, right? Like yeah. And then jump 30, 40, 50 years later, whatever, and here we are, and it's just billionaires being like at treating this space exploration like it's never been done before. And they're like, they could afford to do this. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And they, happens why, is it, why is it shaped things. like a dick? Like, why is it shaped <laughs> like a dick? It's like just shooting up to space. Like All right, I, I guess I we have to make feel... this episode explicit. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, this will be explicit. But like, why is it that I don't know? Dick, like, and every time I look at, it, I'm like, I'm offended. I'm so offended. It is offensive. Ugh. Anyways, all right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Please come back next week for more fun times with Sam and Sarah. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Space Sticks. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>